0: On today's Question of Faith, why do Catholics hold events and invite other evangelical Christians? Hey everybody, welcome to Question of Faith. We are on location at the Fest today, and I am Mike Hayes. I am the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland.
1: And I'm Father Damien Ferrance, a Vicar for Evangelization. And, and we are we have...
2: joined by... Bishop Edmolesec. Yeah,
1: who is the Bishop of Cleveland. Diocese of Cleveland. Welcome, Bishop.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you guys. It's great to be here at the Fest. I think this is my um, second time uh, in in a a real, not a virtual world, but a real world. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: And so let's get right into it. So why why would we have events like this? You know, there are a bunch of there's forty thousand people out there. You but know, a good deal of them are probably evangelical Christians uh, who have come to hear these great you know, Christian rock bands. And we just had the Hillbilly Thomas concert uh, a couple of days ago, and um, Got about six
2: hundred people for that. Yeah, six hundred people yeah, were not, there. Not all Catholic.
0: That's right. Ooh, yeah. 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 So why do this? What's uh, what's the plan around this?
2: Well, ultimately, uh, we. Celebrate our faith. So we want to We want to celebrate our faith. We want to come together. We want to hear good music. We want to be inspired. We want to ask the Lord to increase the virtues of faith, hope, and love within us. And we want to remind ourselves that we are a church. We're not just individuals going to Jesus, although we have to have that personal relationship with Christ. But we go... As a community he gathers us together, and not only does he gather us together, but he tells us to gather other people with him together to go on pilgrimage with us. The more, the merrier. And I think one of the great things about um, the hillbilly Thomas, which was outside at St. Wendelin's, and and people could see us as they were going by, and and here at the fest where you know it's a predominantly Catholic crowd, but there's an awful lot of um, non-denominational Christians out there and Christians of other faiths. It's a wonderful way to say. That first of all, as Catholics, we we want people to join us. We don't want everything to be a secret because you you keep everything inside of your church. It, it looks like we're trying to keep everything secret. I live at the cathedral, and I see people go past it every day who I think should walk in there. But but it takes courage to walk into a church yeah. like that because what's going to happen? Who's going to? Is someone going to jump them and and <laughs> preach at them and make them feel guilty for their sins and and make them? You know, of course, that's not what we do. So we have to show people what we do. We have to show people that, you know, yes, we are normal people. We're happy people. We're normal, but we have a little abnormality because we do not want to stay in this world. nor do we want mm-hmm. to embrace the craziness of this world. We want to embrace the mercy of Jesus Christ. So we mm-hmm. want to show them, look, we are happy people. We're healthy people. We, you know, we're psychologically, for the most part, fit <laughs> people. I'm not, and myself excluded. But, 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 but you can join us, too. I, I I just passed a church somewhere. It was, um, it wasn't in our, our our diocese, I don't think, and it was not a Catholic church, but it said "Perfect people are not allowed." Right. <laughs> mm. which I thought we, yeah. we are a group of recovering sinners. We're here, you know, and, and sometimes we fall, um, but along the way we can we can be happy. I mean, one of the great tr- traditions of the Catholic Church is being able to to get together and enjoy life, because life is a gift from God. So we're showing that, we're getting outside the church, we're letting people say, hey, this is something the Catholic Church does and does well, it provides good music, it provides a time of prayer, it provides a family-oriented atmosphere, uh,
1: and, and it looks good. It looks good. One of the things I know, Bishop, that you wanted from us was to be present here. Uh, the diocesan team, so people get to know us and see our faces a little more. So we have a tent right next to the band's merch tent. And we have some items for the Eucharistic Revival that are out. A ba- bandanas that we've been giving away and stickers. And a few young people came by. And I don't even know if they were Catholic, but they said, are these free bandanas? Yeah. So sure enough, five minutes later, they walk by. They're tied in their hair and around their neck. And we do share in common with our non-denominational brothers and sisters, the belief in the Holy Trinity and the belief that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's risen from the dead. And I think to share some commonality and music and praise and worship is really important. And also at our table, I don't know Francine or Terry or who put them out, but they have a pamphlet that says five misconceptions about the Catholic Church. And I've seen people walking by taking those too. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. this is a nice opportunity to let people get to know us. We get to know others, building what Pope Francis calls that culture of encounter. And so it's, a hot day but it's a fun day.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right uh, Father Damien. We the Lord prays that those who follow him be one. You know, and we know that there's uh, some divisions in the church. So uh, do we continually focus on those divisions? I mean there there's they have to be to take them seriously that we sure. do believe that there are seven sacraments and others churches believe there's two or three and one of us is right and one of us is is wrong. But we have to focus on the the fact that in our baptism we're all um graced by by jesus christ his spirit flows in everyone who's been baptized catholic um, uh, episcopalian lutheran non-denominational that makes us brothers and sisters and in every family we have some disagreements and differences of opinion but we have to come together and be one that's what the lord we must answer the prayer of the Lord that we all be one. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to sometimes sit down and have some honest discussions. But along the way, we can kind of stop and just enjoy the fact that we're Christian. So Mm -hmm. everyone out there is doing the fact that they're Christian. And I think, again, there are some people who come and are surprised that Catholics are Christian. Yeah, that's right. right, and even you know they don't know it. They're like, "Oh yeah. no, we really are." That's so right. Really exactly.
1: joining in in the praise and worship, praying together, yeah. here,
0: which is awesome. Absolutely. The, yeah, the thing too is you know you mentioned baptism. You know, we're a religion that doesn't rebaptize people. So if you were a Protestant and you wanted to, to convert to Catholicism, we don't rebaptize you. There are other Christian except, denominations that do that. They're
2: baptized. They're baptized brothers and sisters of the Lord. They're gifted with the gift of the Holy Spirit that reminds them of everything that Jesus taught them. You know and uh, same 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 with
1: us i ran into patrick warner earlier this afternoon who i met he came to the fest last year and then i met him the very next day i think or maybe the day before i don't remember the exact date but it was the first night of nine nights of night prayer And then I ran into him again the last night of Nine Nights of Night Prayer. And this past uh, Easter vigil, he came into the church. He wanted to go deeper. He was interested in the liturgy. He was interested in beauty. He was interested in Mary and her Mm -hmm. relationship. And he actually took the name Mary uh, for his confirmation name, which is pretty cool.
0: And found us through Instagram of all places, right? Right, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's important the church is outside, but also on the internet. Do
2: you know what he was doing after I, I was at the rosary tent? I prayed the rosary. I led the rosary. Uh, at four o'clock he was the person who was leading the rosary after me
1: that's awesome <laughs>
2: yeah so you have this the neophyte is leading us uh in the in the rosary because you know he's we're, we're in, on the same pilgrimage mm-hmm. we're on the same train we're all going to heaven uh and that's where we want to go and and he's hopped on because someone uh put something on a Facebook, on an Instagram page, that's evangelization, communicate the message, get the message out there, and he heard the message, and he said, let me look into this, he looked into it, he said, there's something true here, and beautiful, and noble, and, and powerful, and, and he said, and I want what you guys have, that's that's why I think, the, like, people who become Catholic after being either unbaptized, or another tradition, they come in, there's an excitement, they make us realize that what we have is really a treasure, sometimes mm-hmm. for us who are baptized since birth, you know, we we... We kind of become used to well this is the way it is, and mm-hmm. but we don't get excited about it. That's something to be excited about what mm-hmm. we have. We have this Catholic faith that uh, attracts other people so many times, and and helps them in their life to to um, really be grounded in in God. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing.
1: Mm-hmm. One of our new team members for the diocese is outside working the tent with Francine right now. Kayla who was raised without any faith. She was raised loving nature and human virtue, and then married a guy who was a non-denominational. He became Catholic. And in 2019, she was baptized at St. Mary the Falls and is now on our team downtown. And she brings a zeal and an excitement about the faith of one who, you know, came into full communion as an adult, which, yeah, as you say, it's it's inspiring and it reminds us of maybe some of the things we take for granted as lifelong Catholics. She was practically giddy at
0: the ordination uh, for Bishop Luce the other day. She's like, this is so cool.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, Whenever you have something um, new, which the ordination of a bishop is a new, but it it hadn't happened here for 21 years. And I have to say at that mass, the whole church kind of clicked. Every once in a while you're at a mass, you say, yeah, the priests are in sync, the bishops are in sync, the people are in sync, both lay people and religious are in sync, and everyone knows what we're doing, and we're doing it together, and, and, and you experience... You know, which is kind of a, a, a fleeting experience, but when you when it happens, you say, "Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me this blessing." We experience the Church as one. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all doing. We are ordaining this bishop. We are one, one faith. We're handing on the apostolic teaching of the Church from one bishop to the next bishop. And what a blessing it is when we are able to experience a liturgy where all of a sudden we just kind of relax in the spirit and say, "Thank you, Lord, for letting us be here and watch this."
1: And how important is Catholics ritual is like when you put that oil on his head and rubbed it in like we it was tangible palpable something was happening here. Yeah, well,
2: you know, we consecrate different things. I always think uh, we when I go out to bless and consecrate a new altar, I, I pour oil in that altar and I and I, I smear it. So I'm generous with the oil because that oil is now set apart for a special mission. And that is to be the table of the body and blood of our Lord's sacrifice. And when I anointed uh, Bishop Wu's head, you know, of course, <laughs> I had seen Bishop Perez, Archbishop Perez anoint Larry Kulik's, Bishop Kulik's head in Greensburg, and he kept it flowing. And he texted me, he said, Ed, I hope you keep it flowing in, in uh, Cleveland. I said, I've learned from the best. <laughs> and so I poured the oil on um, Bishop Wu's head just as I would pour it on an altar table. And I have mm-hmm. I set Bishop Wu apart to be a successor to one of the apostles. That is his role and and I anointed him because after he was ordained I wanted to make sure everyone knew it you anoint people who have been chosen by God
1: and it's one like the the sacraments they're so special because they because we have bodies as human beings, we don't just have to say things; we actually do things. And and we all saw it. Like, and I had a pretty good seat. I was in the first or second row or third row, whatever. But man, you you knew something happened when you had done that. And yeah, I don't know where I, you were, Mike.
0: But. Well, I, I was by the Mary altar, so I was I went back a little bit further. But I went back later in the day and watched the live oh, stream because I didn't have such a good view of it. I said, I need to see this, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, same kind of thing, you know. I was I was like, mm-hmm. oh boy. Bishop yeah. Bishop Ed yeah. <laughs> so and, pouring and, that oil. The
2: oil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, at back, you know, one of the because we were talking about. Well, how do you? Do, I've never ordained a bishop before, yeah, right. so this was the first. Well, I've seen it happen. Then I went back to the tape of my ordination ah. by Archbishop Chaput. I said, I wonder how he how he did it. And what did he say? And uh, then I saw how he anointed. It. He did it very similar to what I did. He poured it, then rubbed it in to make sure that it would. Uh, into my brain perhaps <laughs>
1: and was that i've never seen it was it a liturgical apron that you put on that well, look like the name the gremiel
2: yeah oh. and the gremiel i also use it um there's another time oh for what else oh i think for the blessing of was it? it's put on when i bless the hands of priests sometimes yeah mm. yeah and it's put on when i anoint an altar when i because again it gets pretty messy
1: yeah, I've never seen that before. You put on, I'm like, wow, he's putting on an apron. This is going to get messy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, yeah. They said, do you want the Grammy? Oh, I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said, make sure he has a towel around his neck, too.
1: He didn't. He was, I don't know. You now, did your hands uh, smell of chrism for the rest of the day or oh, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: a beautiful smell. I always tell the people that I confirm that they're going to, we're going to know that they were confirmed because we're going to smell them. Mm-hmm. They, they smell the chrism on their foreheads. And I, then I say, bring the, the aroma of Christ into the world with you. That's one of the reasons why it's a, um, a perfumed oil, chrism is a perfumed olive oil, because the smell lingers just as Christ yeah. should cling to us, that mm. that um, scent clings to the uh, to the oil that we use.
0: I can confirm that it still smelled that way. I shook his hand at the Hillbilly yeah. Thomas, and uh, I was like, I don't know what's if I, that smell?
2: Now, no, <laughs> no, I think it's pretty much gone. It was two days ago. But...
1: but it, t- it takes us back around to your original question, Mike, about yeah. the fest. Like, the s- sacraments are public. That was a public action that lingered with the community for the remainder of the day. It, the Catholicism, yes, it's personal love of Jesus, but it's also communal. And it, and it all comes together, right? Right. Yeah, Jesus didn't just
2: bring one person with him. He brought a group and, and told them as a group to go out, a two by two. It's always it's much more difficult to go out alone, it's much mm-hmm. diffi- much more difficult to even keep the faith alone. If you're the one person with of faith in a community of unbelievers, it's very difficult to keep that faith, and that's why the wisdom of the Lord, who knows our who we are as human beings, draws us together because together it's it's easier to keep the faith and it's even easier to celebrate the faith and uh, and live the faith.
0: I think too, you know, evangelization. I know is something that's close to your heart and, and your own mm-hmm. ministry, right? You know, mm-hmm. is and and what does that say about us? Is that we're not willing to just talk to ourselves? You know, that we, that we want to go out and talk to other people. You know, a priest I used to work with used to all the time. They said a lot of people accuse us of working too much with people outside the church, and not enough with people in the church. And then, and I said, no, no, we need to do both of those things. And they're like, yeah, you know, but. The, I think there are some people who really have gifts for going outside the church. I think, you know, some of the guys here in this diocese certainly have that as well. Oh, you yeah, know, if
2: we don't go outside the church, you know, what we'll have is a dead church. Yeah. Because yeah. all those people that we're talking to will eventually uh, move on to the kingdom. But where are the people that are going to come after We all know, even in our own families, we have to continue. It's not just talking, we need to be evangelized ourselves so that we grow in faith, but then we have to learn the language that needs to be used to talk to the minds and hearts of our brothers and sisters, our children, for those of us who are married and with children, and and to co-workers. We have a treasure that's a blessing that's not meant to be to ourselves but it's been meant to be shared and that's by it's by sharing you know he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly he who sows generously will reap generously i i we have a seed of faith within us the seed of the gospel that the lord wants us to go and sow in this world and then if we do that our hearts become expanded so that we can receive the gift of faith more easily ourselves
0: mm-hmm. yeah so bishop it's been great having you we hope that you enjoy the rest of the fest oh, and uh we'll see you get night. mass yeah i want
2: to be with some high school kids i think who are working here Have dinner with them and then we'll get ready for mass and have the Eucharist. Yeah, you got a bunch of college kids in the uh, The procession tonight, too. Oh, good, good, great. Great.
0: Great. So, great. All right, so thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Thank
1: you, guys. Thanks, Bishop.
0: Always good to have Bishop Malesic on with us. And uh, from the fest, we'll go to a church. And hey, congratulations to St. Christopher's Parish in Rocky River. They're celebrating their 100th anniversary this coming weekend. That happens to be my parish, so for my own selfish reasons, I'll I'll talk about St. Chris's. Uh, Father John Calibo is the pastor, who's also the vicar for senior clergy here in the diocese, and uh, he welcomed my uh, wife and I to Ohio, actually. We joined his parish, and uh, he had us over and sat us down uh, in the rectory and really got to know us. I, I really wished I had taken a recorder with me to show other people how they should really welcome new people into the parish because it was really picture perfect. I had never really been welcomed into a parish uh, the way he welcomed us. So um, so thanks, Father John. Happy anniversary. Uh, Logan Feldkamp, their young adult minister, is a great friend of the podcast and, of course, uh, has been really active in the West Side young adults here in uh, the diocese. And uh, he works in uh youth, young adult ministry, and a host of other things uh, at St. Chris's, uh, as well as uh, Gail and Father Anthony and Father Tim, who are all out at uh, St. Christopher's Parish and River. Uh, So if you're around this weekend, uh, they're having a big bash out in the parking lot, uh, stop by and uh, say happy anniversary to uh, St. Christopher's and Rocky River. Uh, This week's readings uh, come from the Gospel of Luke, Try to Enter Through the Narrow Gate. You all can't enter through the narrow gate sometimes, so we hope that you'll be able to do that, and if you need some help on doing that, you can do that by asking us a question here at Question of Faith. You can do that by emailing me, mhayes, at dioceseofcleveland.org. You can send that to me via Twitter at GodGoogler, or um, through Instagram as well, at GodGoogler as well. So we'll have all that and a whole lot more next time here on Question of Faith.